Warning, 30 Screams or Less may contain spoilers about movies that have recently been released. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it, come back, and enjoy the show. Or, if you don't want to waste your time watching the movie and rather have two random horror dudes watch it for you, we got you covered as well. Welcome everyone to 30 Screams or Less, a horror movie podcast where we review horror movies in 30 minutes or less. Today's movie we're going to be reviewing is called Mara. It's directed by Clive Tong, written by Clive Tong and Jonathan Frank, starring Olga Kurilenko as Kate, Craig Conway as Dougie, and Javier Batet as Mara. And huh? we'll talk about... Yeah, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll talk about it. When I saw that, I'm like, Really? Okay. The plot is a police psychologist, Kate, investigates what appears to be the murder of a husband by his wife who claims he was a victim of a sleep demon. But before we get into it, Corey, last night I was looking in the mirror and you know what? My beard was looking gnarly. And I said to myself, I can't look like this. I got to do something. So I decided to break out Beard Octane's beard wash and conditioner along with their beard oil. And dude, my beard looked amazing. I'm glad you turned me on to Beard Octane. Yeah, of course. Like I said, I've been using their products for years and I can vouch for them. And whether you're pounding IPAs or chopping wood, you got to look your best. Visit BeardOctane.com and use the code 30Screams10 at checkout for a 10% discount. It helps us. And like I said, the products are absolutely incredible. They're local too. They're based out of Connecticut. So help them out and support small businesses. We're not just slinging beard grooming supplies. We've been using them for a while. Yeah, we have. With that said, 30 Screams or Less starts now. Corey, what did you think of Mara? Steve, I really, really enjoyed this movie a lot. And I think the best aspect that kind of drew me to it was the realness of it. People all over the place suffer from sleep paralysis. Like, that shit's very real. And seeing a film like this, it's like, holy crap. Like, these people are actually seeing these things when they experience sleep paralysis. So, yeah, I think the realness factor of this movie just made me enjoy it a lot. So is it the realness factor of the sleep paralysis or the fact that there may be a sleep demon out there? I guess it could be a little bit of both. And I mean, just people experiencing sleep paralysis might be seeing shit. So there is a theory behind that, actually. It's shadow people. And I think this movie might be inspired by it. It has to do a lot of times when you're like in between that conscious state of like sleep and being awake and seeing shadowy figures. And okay. sometimes like even if you're just hanging out there and you're like in this like not even like a Zen mode or you're just kind of, I don't know, you're relaxed, right? And you see shit from the side of your eye. There's a whole theory about shadow people, people saying they're aliens, people saying they're ghosts, all this stuff. So when I was watching Mara, I'm like, you know what? I wonder if the inspiration for Mara was based on these shadow figures. And it makes sense if you have sleep paralysis that you may be seeing these figures. But I could only imagine what that would fucking be like is to like wake up and you're like so dead ass dead and tired that you're just like, no, I can't move a single fucking part of my body. Dude, this is like that time you took way too much Eddie's and try and uh, make mac and cheese. <laughs> 
fucking I was like melting into the floor and all my limbs were like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> That's basically what this movie was. It was uh it was basically like Freddy Krueger, like Nightmare on Elm Street, but less kid touching. Yeah. Less uh diddling for sure. Which is which is funny because they do mention that later that there's some guy that said something about Freddy Krueger and I'm like, wow, they definitely made like got inspiration for Nightmare on Elm Street or from it. Yeah. And I, I and I hate see- and I don't like Nightmare on Elm Street, so but I love this. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street for me, I would not say is one of my top favorite uh, franchises for horror. And I think it's kind of the undertones of the pedophilia. And sometimes it's a little bit hokey, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just watching it. You're like, okay, cool, I guess. But he's an iconic killer. It's just that there's that undertone I'm not a fan of. Like, I can't get behind it. We've already talked about this plenty of times is that we can't get behind Freddy Krueger sometimes. Actually, pretty much all the time. We just can't get behind the character never enjoyed it i don't know why people enjoy it i mean freddy's a bitch just don't fall asleep he can't kill you yeah stay awake forever yeah take some fucking adderall and don't sleep and (laughs) so i have a problem with that actually (laughs) i can't take that stuff i remember one time i needed to stay awake driving from new hampshire to ohio to record a single and i was working till 9 p.m that night and i was thinking to myself i was doing all this research i'm like i need maybe to take some adderall to keep me awake so i can drive 18 hours through the night to record in the afternoon and as i was looking into it i'm like oh fuck if i did that i'd be in trouble because it counteracts my medication i currently take oh yeah yeah let's i'm not doing that yeah that's you're not supposed to mix Nah, I'm not playing that game. You made but, a cocktail and tried to drive to Ohio. Okay. Yeah, that was um that was a crazy I wanna say thirty six hours because like, you know, it left at nine, showed up there for I think around ten AM, something like that. And then yeah, I think it was like ten AM, maybe eleven. I think it was around that time. Did you do it all solo? No, I was with my ex guitarist at the time, luckily, but him and I were fucking loopy. That's for sure. Oh, I bet. I mean, driving that amount of time without any sleep whatsoever. I mean, at this point, I think I've been up well over 20 hours. So I was already tired and driving fucking halfway across the United States or, you know, pretty far. And then having to record in the afternoon. It was for a song called The Grave Mistake. You made that in Ohio? Yeah. It was the single. The single was like, it was kind of weird. I, I had to record vocals in a half hour because the time they allotted us, the rest of the band took their time. And I was like, oh, great. I have a half hour to bang out a song. I pulled it off because I'm an animal. I guess. Damn. Yeah, but that's how I record. So back to it. Yeah, we're talking about sleep paralysis and all this stuff that goes hand in hand with, I guess, being this ultra fucking tired. But the whole idea of this movie is that this entity, Mara, comes for you when you're sleeping and you start getting so tired that you are just completely paralyzed. And apparently the main doctor in this, it happens to her literally every single day. I couldn't imagine being sleep paralysis every single day. Absolutely. And the way the movie opened up to was something that she experienced with that little girl. Was it Sophie? Yeah. So the little girl, she was sleeping and then got woken up by a sound. And, you know, she went to go see her parents. It's like any kid. Any kid would do that. They hear a sound. They're scared. They go to their parents in the middle of the night, whatever. In this case, 
the little girl went to the parents' room, you hear the mother screaming, and I don't know why the room was strobing. Did you notice that? There was flashing lights like crazy, and then you see, like, the visual of the father all bent out of shape, looking like he was, like, sucked dry. And that's how the movie kicks off, is that the husband's dead, the mother's trying to make sure that the little girl doesn't see it, and I'm thinking at first, too, that maybe she wasn't supposed to see it because then she'll be marked by Mara. I don't know. So that was my initial thought is that I thought it was going to be something where Mara marks people by you seeing dead people or something. I don't know. I don't know. I thought the way that, like, after you got marked, the way that you know you're marked, that was so fucking cool. The red spot in the eye. Yeah, you know, I was wondering about that. I was trying to look it up. I couldn't find anything that told me how that's possible. So these people had these marks in their eye, and I don't know if they're using contacts or something like that, because, I mean, that would make sense to me. But to have a contact that's basically going like the whole eyeball, it has to be. Because when they're pulling down their eyelid, it's like behind their eyelid. So either it's some sort of freaking movie magic where they're like not dying a part of their eye, but like maybe some sort of weird eye drop. Or maybe it's a ginormous fucking contact that fills the whole entire eyeball. I don't know. There was a lot of eye stuff in this I thought was really cool. Steve, it's food coloring. Is it food coloring? No. No, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. That's why I was like scouring the internet and couldn't find anything on like... uh, Movie magic. Yeah, movie magic. It's movie magic. That's exactly (laughs) what it is. It's movie magic. So what did you think of Dougie? Dougie was like the MVP of this whole movie, I thought. Oh yeah, he was fucking crazy. He reminded me of Jim Carrey in the movie The Number 23. Like that bonkers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've seen it, right? Uh, It's been a while, but I have seen it, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while for me, too, but I remember everything was the number 23. Everything led to the number 23 for Jim Carrey. And then, like, on the wall was, like, all these newspaper clippings and markings adding up to the number 23 and all sorts of stuff like that. Dougie had a similar deal. Dougie had all the stuff all over the walls, and it was fascinating stuff, actually. It was because they basically have like meetings for people that suffer from sleep paralysis. And this is when we first meet Dougie Mm -hmm. and we first meet Saul. Basically, Dougie has this whole thing figured out. He knows everything about sleep paralysis and he's telling people who Mara is because he knows. Yeah, he knows everything. He went through all the research. And, you know, it's not like he's crazy. He actually went through and did the homework. If he was in college and he presented that as part of a thesis, he'd get an A. That's exactly what would happen. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. He cited all of his resources and everything. He's just like, okay, well, Dougie's not fucking around, is he? Yeah, and this is, like I said, we meet Saul, too. And we we meet Saul, and his time on screen is very brief. Why is that, Steve? Because it's one of the most gnarly fucking deaths I've seen in a while. (laughs) It was so crazy. It was fucking nuts. So what he did was he took gasoline, or actually, let me rewind here. Let me go back a second. So he was experiencing sleep paralysis as well, but instead he was marked by Mara and he's seeing her as he sleeps. He sees her when he's awake. And that's when you know you're in the last stage until Mara comes and kills you, right? So it's when you're seeing her in just your normal everyday life. Like you're only supposed to see her when you're sleeping. You're not supposed to see her when you're fully fucking awake and aware so he started seeing her fully awake and aware initially i thought he was blind 
because he had those ginormous fucking goggles on. So he's seeing Mara in reality. He goes to the church. He has the Bible in front of him. He douses himself with gasoline. And that alone is like, okay, we're going to see someone lit on fire. He went above and beyond for that to make sure that he's getting this ass lit on fire by drinking gasoline as well. That I, was I, fucking... I've seen I've seen self-immolation many times in films, and I've never seen anyone go above and drink the gasoline too. <laughs> I've never seen it either. I've always seen the dousing and, you know, it's enough on its own. A lot of people like you see the dousing, you already know right away they're getting lit on fire. I've never seen dousing and someone straight up drinking gasoline. Yeah. So That's I can't imagine like he's burning on the outside. Plus that that fire went into his throat. Ugh. Yeah. And just burn all the way. Ugh, God. Because <laughs> when it comes to burning, from what I gather is that obviously the skin burns off and at some point the nerves get burnt and then you don't feel it. If you don't have any nerves, you can't really feel it. At this point, now you're dying just breathing in smoke. But this guy is straight burning from the inside now. That's a whole different ball game. Like you said, eventually you stop feeling pain, but I feel like it got into his throat before he wasn't able to feel it you know yeah absolutely so what i'm thinking is the intestines just completely burnt and shriveled up and then probably the rest yeah but so. this was a this is a really cool death i thought like very original like i said self-immolation it happens but the drinking thing never seen it yeah that's a new one to me so this movie i feel like there were some plot holes so here's one thing that i thought was weird Dougie was mentioning about how there was like 250 refugees that died in their sleep, right? And the doctor had a reason for it. Oh, they died in their sleep. It's just a, it's a phenomenon. It's like 250 people died in their sleep in one shot. And also the way Mara killed you, it seemed like she had an MO of just strangling you to death and then breaking your neck. So, yeah, that's what everyone in the movie died of when we saw them die from Mara. Exactly. So now if that's her MO and she's been around since the dawn of time and as Dougie said before Christ, then there would be a whole breadcrumb trail of people getting their necks broken and strangled to death in their sleep. Like It would be a worldwide phenomenon that people would know unless for some reason it's getting swept under the rug. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know if I'd consider it a plot hole, though. More of like maybe they're just hiding it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. So They only really focus on, you know, a handful of people in this movie. So Yeah, they only bring that stuff like bring it up in passing. They don't necessarily go too in depth with it. I think they were just using it as kind of like shock and awe because obviously I latched onto it. I latched onto that fact of the 250 dead refugees and that was stuck in my head of how did they all die and it wasn't worldwide news. Who knows? Maybe it was worldwide news at the time and He's just collecting newspaper clippings. Obviously, he just studies the whole thing. That's like his obsession is studying yeah. sleep paralysis, which speaking of sleep paralysis, I absolutely love the scenes of people going through the sleep paralysis. Like when we have Kate, when she's taking her bath and she has the water, it's like at her nose level and all you can see is the top of her eyes. But in reality, she's actually sleeping and experiencing all the Mars bullshit. But the only thing moving is her eyes. Her face doesn't move. The water doesn't move. I don't know. I just think of the scenes with the sleep paralysis happening was it was so well done and you know what i did like about that actually is the camera angles because if you're in sleep paralysis you can't move at all right arms aren't moving legs not moving nothing you can barely even move your eyes so she's laying there and she opens her eyes and she starts seeing mara in the background and it's not pronounced yet it's kind of in the early stages where she's seeing like the shadowy figure and then it starts getting more pronounced throughout the movie it gets to a point where 
where Mara's eventually sitting on her chest and has her hands around her throat, just kind of as a warning, like it's about to happen. The camera angles are what I loved about it because they really focused in on the face and there was a lot of terror in that small frame because you didn't need to be far away to see that like, okay, they're paralyzed. You could just tell by the focal point of just the eyes and like not being able to move in pure terror. So you mentioned the scene with Mara crawling on Kate's chest when she's in bed or when she's in bed or the bathtub, I don't remember. But anyways, I feel like that scene was straight out of the ring. Do you remember that scene when the character came up under the sheet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It reminded me of that. Yeah, and I think this movie had a lot of influence from movies like that. It's always some sort of weird looking girl, isn't it, in these movies? Yeah. It always is. So, yeah, Mara was definitely a weird-looking one. She was all, like, bendy and just cracking, always cracking. Oh, man, every time I heard that, I was like, Steve is losing it right now. Eye stuff and cracking like crazy. So, I was going to say, between this and what Ducky does, you must have been feeling very ill. I almost threw up, man. Oh, my God. Because... Dougie's like, he's at this point now where he's in the final stage where Mara's going to kill him if he falls asleep. It's a guarantee in his eyes. I. (laughs) (laughs) See where we're going, people? Yeah, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. So the maniac Dougie decides he's going to cut off an eyelid. And, (laughs) oh, dude, when I saw it, I cringed so bad. I was watching this and... It's still making me crazy. I don't like it. I'm like watching it and I'm like, holy fuck. They're showing this. They zoom in on it. They zoom in on the scissors and then they zoom in on the dude literally pulling his eyelid out and just slicing it off with scissors. Yep. And it it was long. The scene was long. It was a little too long for my liking. That's for sure. I know. Like I'm watching this and I was was actually laughing because like this stuff does nothing to me, but I know it does to you. And I knew it. I knew you were cringing. I was fucking big time cringing. Eye, teeth, nails. It's like those three things. Just, oh God, drives me freaking crazy. So he just cuts off his eyelid. And you know what? I will elaborate on what you were just saying is the detail behind it. I was like, if he slips at all in that filming, because I don't know how they did it. Probably just regular, you know, practical effects, not even effects. Probably just camera as close to the face as possible, someone holding out an eyelid and scissors, right? So all of that is very close to the eyeball. There is a lot of trust in holding those scissors properly without A, cutting your eye or B, cutting the eyelids by accident. I know I would be shaking and then I would be blind. So did he think just by cutting his eyelids off that he would survive because he wasn't going to be able to sleep? Yeah. He thought that having no eyelids prevents the ability of being able to fall asleep because your eyes are open the whole time. That doesn't matter, though, because you could fall asleep with your eyes open and you're just checked out. Your body goes, nah. nah. That, that's it. Plot hole. Yeah, Exactly. So it doesn't even matter. He could scoop his eyeballs out for all we know, right? And he's still going to die. He's still going to fall asleep. Ah, oh, you fucked up, Dougie. Dougie, you, you did it for no reason. You could have just like... I mean, he drank dies your anyways, espresso. So. Yeah, he dies anyways. He could have drank his espressos and stayed awake instead of mutilating his eyelid. But if he did that and it like he did it to both eyes and you saw him in the next scene, I would have probably fucking thrown up. He could have made an Adderall espresso. Exactly. Just fucking mix it all together. And then probably die in the process and that'd be the fuck you to Mara who couldn't kill him in time. True. Yeah, he yeah. had to do it himself. He exactly. gave himself a heart attack. 
Yeah, he gives himself a heart attack, and that's all he wrote. He's done. So, so we we end up losing Dougie anyway. Yeah, and we end up at losing the same him. time. Kate gets marked. Yeah, dude, and it's crazy because she's getting choked by Mara, and you see her eye turn red on the side. And I don't know how they did it. That might have been computer graphics because of like the way it transitioned, the way it happened. So I don't know, but. It was crazy looking because the rest of the movie, her eyeballs are just blood red. Clearly not sleeping. I don't know how they do that. I'd like to know how they do that. Movie magic. It's movie magic. Honestly, it has to be. I feel like they did that in The Walking Dead, though, now that I watch or remember maybe watching like a documentary or something about it where they talked about how they got the zombie's eyes all red. And I think it is just an oversized contact that covers the whole surface. See, that's what I would think. I mean, look at Wes Borland from Limp Bizkit. He was having the black contacts when he was playing and it was like his whole entire eyeball. So maybe they're just ginormous contacts that are made to look red on the outside, like on the whites of the eyeball. And then just like your regular eye. But I can only imagine having to put a honking size contact lens in your eyeball like that because I wear contacts and at first for me it was a fucking nightmare to put them in but now it's not a problem however they are the size of my like the tip of my finger they're not the size of a whole entire eyeball yeah I wear contacts also and I can't imagine having to put that size contact in my eyeball no no I couldn't imagine it at all it's like a giant suction cup exactly Oh, I can only imagine how hard it is to get one of those things out. I mean, I know with contacts, I tend to move mine to the side and pinch out, right? This you would have to really kind of pull over and the thing's probably going to fold inside your eye because it's going to get stopped on the edge. I mean, you get it out, it probably doesn't hurt. It's just aggravating, I bet. And I bet the redness is going to be real at some point. Yeah. Or they just got really fucking stoned while they were filming this movie and the bloodshot stuff was real. I like that idea better. Better than the large contacts and digging around in your eyeball. Yeah. So can you imagine the director's like, so listen, we have an interesting approach to this method acting for this movie. So you need to smoke an ass ton of weed. (laughs) Here's a shopping bag full of it. Smoke it all before you come to work that day. Here's a dump truck full of bud. We need you to grind it and snort it and smoke it and inject it. And hopefully we get your eyeballs as blood red as possible. That's hey, exactly. Could, that. Yeah, that's that's definitely what happened. That's absolutely what happened. I'd love to know, actually, if yeah. we can talk to anyone that was part of this movie. Yeah, maybe. Find I'm sure out exactly we, how they did it. I don't see why we can't just hit up the director and be like, hey, uh, we reviewed your movie. Can you tell us how you did the eye stuff? He doesn't hate us yet, like that other guy. No, no, we, uh, we're making enemies. Uh, I'm not used to, like, pissing people off. That one is funny, though. Yeah. Because it's very yeah. subtle. If you want to know what we're talking about, go on our Twitter and look it up. We got a nasty gram from a movie we reviewed last week yeah. from the director himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh god i do i do feel bad but there was a lot of stuff that could have been done differently in that movie and Mm -hmm. just i was being honest about it and it is what it is that's the whole point of this podcast it's a movie review podcast you win some you lose some in that case you know just lost some i watched (laughs) an hour and a half of a movie and i just really didn't like it the engagement on that tweet was like over a thousand or something yeah it was up there it was (laughs) (laughs) so it dawned on me too the husband in uh, that movie, because he liked it as well. And I'm like, why the fuck does he look so familiar? He was the lead singer in the movie That Thing You Do. 
<laughs> no shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Because he posted a photo of him and Tom Hanks hanging out. I'm like, wait a second. Well, get him on the podcast. He knows Tom Hanks. Yeah. Or just get him on the podcast. I think that would be fun. But I only know him from doing these two movies. I'd have to do like a deep dive of like what else he's been in. But uh, that's really all I know about him. But What was his name? It's been an interesting couple days. Oh, Jonathan Skage. Yeah, it has. When I saw that yesterday, was it yesterday he tweeted? I was just like, oh boy. Yeah, I kind of wanted to crawl in a hole and fucking die. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't like he was like real mean about it. He was just like, sorry you didn't like it. We'll do it differently next time. Can you imagine if he did? <laughs> There's no fixing that one. Sorry, Joe. No, we're doing the good work. We're just being like, this is what you're doing wrong and what you should do going forward. <laughs> it's the sandwich method. You do uh, like a nice compliment, right? And then you shit talk it and go, oh, but you could do this instead. The sandwich method. Hey, we came up with a title for the next Here for Blood movie, so. Exactly. Which you're fired from social media for, by the way. You know what? Take care of it. It saves me fucking hours a week. <laughs> go, go for it. I tweet every once in a while. You can now tweet every day. At least I'll check the title of the movie before I fucking tweet about it. Dude, I kept doing like Back for Blood when I really shouldn't have. I don't know. You know what? I think a lot of these things I was doing it fucking late at night. And I'm so used to like Back for Blood, like the game Back for Blood. And I think I was just like, for some reason it was still in my head. Here for Blood is not like something I usually say. Back for Blood is something I would use in vocabulary. Like, oh, I'm back for blood. That type deal. So it's uh it's I kept fucking up. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe we, maybe they'll give us credit in the second movie. Oh yeah. Oh god, I would love if they shit on us in the second movie. Well, because no, they tweeted us. Who I don't know who we were talking to, but someone DM'd us from there and told us that Steve was an idiot and he tweeted the name of the wrong title. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, I gave the wrong uh, title for the whole podcast. On did fucking, you? Yeah, yeah. I fixed it though as soon as I saw it. They didn't call you an idiot. They were just like, uh, just so you guys know, it's called Here for Blood, not Back for Blood, though maybe that'll be the name of the sequel. Yeah, whatever. I can laugh at my own expense. I saw that my fuck me. I te- <laughs> you didn't even see it at first. I texted you and I was like, Steve, look at yeah. the DMs. Yeah, and then like he was talking about Back for Blood and I'm thinking, oh my God, they're going to do a sequel and then it's going to be called Back for Blood. I read the whole thing wrong and as I went back and I scrolled, I'm like, uh-oh. And then I went through social media. I'm like, uh oh. And then I went through, <laughs> and then I went through like Spotify and Apple. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, it's been a few days, man. Oh my god, this week has been a month. So this, yeah, just this week, just this week has been a month. Okay. This month has been a year. So okay. So yeah, we should get back into it. I mean, we're talking fucking horror stuff. We're talking the podcast. We're talking lunacy on my part. But we're at this point now where Dougie dies in his sleep. Kate is strangled by Mara. Her eyeball explodes basically. And now the sleep doctor is finally starting to realize that oh, I've never seen anything like this before. I don't have an explanation for this now. This transcends science. That deal. So. Now, Kate is, like, going down the rabbit hole. She's trying to figure out what the hell is the connection. And, Corey, the whole time, I'm like, what the hell is the connection? I couldn't figure out why any of this was happening, other than people getting sleep paralysis and then it just fucking happening. So I'm the reason, like, the, Once the reveal happened, I was like, okay, that's actually kind of cool. Because we, we don't really know why Mara basically attacks people in their sleep until now. 
Yeah. So we eventually did find out why. And I think it was like the last 15 minutes and I called it. I'm like, I bet you in the last like five to 10 minutes, we're going to figure out like why it's all happening. And we did. Uh, It sounds like you liked it. Me, I was like, really? Okay. So the whole idea of why Mara was coming around is when people have guilt. Not that they're guilty people. They just feel guilt. Like they're, they feel guilty guilt that they did something wrong or whatever so the little girl she was marked by mara because she felt guilty that her mom got taken away and put in a mental institution and the mother felt guilty that the husband was cheating on her and she should have did something about it and she felt guilty about that and the death so it all has to do with people feeling guilty not necessarily being guilty but feeling guilty and mara comes for those who are feeling guilty so that's that's kind of we um, at this point too. They kind of go backwards to the very beginning of the movie. The first person we see die is the husband of this woman. His name is Takahashi. Oh, okay. And you caught this, right? I did. Okay. So Takahashi, the reason he was guilty is because he fed a bunch of kids bad seafood, and because he was like a cook or something back in the day, and he ended up being responsible for like the deaths of 15 children, I think. Oh, no, keep going. No, you keep going. <laughs> I think we got like 36. 36? I think 36 30, dead it was kids like in that one. 35 or 36? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there wow, was a lot of dead what, kids. Yeah. There were, <laughs> well, we, we took a break from it for a little while. Now we just have 36 all at once. Yeah, we're catching up here. But, um, but yeah, that actually... seafood killed a bunch of kids. I thought it was a cool twist. Yeah. Okay. So she was trying to figure out where the friggin' connection was. And that's where the connection was, is that everyone feels guilty about whatever. And Kate felt guilty about having the mother locked up when she promised to the daughter that she wasn't going to. So she felt guilty about that. Everyone's feeling guilty about everything. And I think the overall idea of this movie was don't let guilt consume you. Yeah. It's sort of like a hidden message, I guess. I think that there's like a hidden message behind this whole thing. I think that's what the writer or director was trying to convey is that, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. It's okay. Otherwise, the sleep demon will come get you. Yeah. So are we going to assume that Kate dies in the end? Yeah, 100%. Because, again, we have a movie that doesn't have a happy ending. But I love this last scene of this movie with Mara's slow walk towards Kate. This is like, it felt like 20 minutes of just Kate staring like sitting on the ground fearing for her life as Mara's slowly lurching across the hospital floor Mm -hmm. it really did go on for a while man yeah it went on for a while and then Mara lunged at Kate and then the movie ends exactly uh just dives right at her cut to black end of movie that's basically what happened so it was again she's walking creepily cracking as always gangly all bendy gangly bendy broken broken making all sorts of weird noises scraggly yeah sure what else can we throw in there just all sorts of descriptions but here's the funny thing like when i said huh at the beginning for the actor that portrayed mara is a guy and mara is a gangly skinny woman in the movie so i don't know if he was just the voice of her or if he's legit just hopping up on people's chests and strangling them because he doesn't look like a skinny guy based on the imdb No, he doesn't at all. He looks like the furthest thing you could think of for a gangly-looking woman. He kind of looks like a wrestler. Javier Bote. Yeah, he's done some stuff. Jeez, okay, he's known for It, The Mummy. That's the one with uh, Tom Cruise. Conjuring 2, all sorts of stuff. Maybe he's just a gangly person in movies. Is gangly your new word? Yeah, we're going for it. Yep. What the hell? 
Last Voyage of Demeter. Oh, oh, he was Dracula in that movie. That one just came out. Yeah, I'd like to see that. We should Another review that. Of, we can. I heard it's not good, but mm. that means we're going to love it. Exactly. Yeah, either we love bad movies or we just really do not at all. So, Javier Botet, he... Oh, he was Slender Man. Okay. So, maybe, like, he's just wearing clothes that don't make him look like a friggin' skinny person. He must be, like, skin and bones because he's doing a lot of these roles where they're just, like, really skinny-looking people. But, yeah, Mara was definitely freaky-looking. And all of this was happening in the hospital, like, the children's ward. So all the kids are asleep, dead-ass, deading in their dreams, all that, whatever. And meanwhile, Kate's got sleep paralysis looking at Mara walking so slow. But I wanted to mention before that was the twist. And I was like, ah, yep, here it is. Here's the twist. And it was Kate was just hanging out and went to, I think, was to check on the little girl. The little girl was looking away and she turns around. Her eyes are pure black. And she says, I'll never forgive you for locking me away in the hospital. And it was like the mother really saying that, that I will never forgive you. So Kate would always feel guilty for putting her in the hospital. And because of that, Mara was like, yep, okay, well, I'm going to just kill you because you're going to feel guilty forever. She's never going to forgive you because she's dead. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much why that happened. And the reason why Dougie felt guilty was because he uh, killed a kid. So, oh, yeah, the confession of that. He kind of mumbled here, so I don't really understand no, what he's he blubbering. Did. He shot a child. Like, he was in the army, right? And a car was coming towards him and his men. And he said he already lost a bunch of his men. He didn't want anything else happening to them. So, this car kept approaching and wouldn't stop. So, he just started unloading on it. And in the car was a mother screaming. She was shot in the chest and a child was in her arms. The baby was dead. So he killed oh, the baby. Okay. And yeah, the mother he was just, shot. I didn't get it because he was like just bawling his eyes out. He was telling the story. and Yeah. So uh, a whole slew of dead kids in this movie. But they're <laughs> That's all 37. Told, 37. They're, uh, they're told through story. So are they really dead kids? Yep. They're yeah, dead. We'll count it. We'll count it. Right. Yep, we'll ca- we'll count it on the dead kid scale. Dead kid scale. All right. Yeah, we haven't broke that out in a little while. So, all right, Corey, what do you give it? This gets five out of five dead kids for me. I really, really like this movie. Again, mostly because it was based on something that's real. I've always feared it. And I really thought, like, the sound design in this movie was amazing, especially particularly in that hospital scene. There was no sound at all. And it's almost like there was no sound, but it was still super loud. Like, it Mm. conveyed the dread and everything. It was so fucking terrifying. You'll understand what I'm saying if you watch it, and hopefully you all do. As Steve said, free on Tubi, so you have no excuse not to watch it. And I thought Mara only going after people with guilt was a pretty cool story. Definitely unique, something different that I have never heard before. Like, that kind of unveiling like she only goes after people that feel guilty over something so that's something new to me usually it's some sort of like witch or a passage from a book or this or that you know that kind of deal the sound design you're right i thought the sound design was great as well we didn't even talk about it we should have talked about it more but the great thing about that portion in the hospital when mara's slowly walking to her is that yes it is dead ass silent so You're hearing all the cracking and it's echoing and you just hear like everything. That's truly terrifying because now you're actually like engulfed in the scene. You're not being distracted by ominous music or anything like that. You're really just kind of in it. You feel like you're there. So, um, yeah, you're right. The sound design was great. 
So, yeah. So what what you end up giving it for a rating? I gave it a four out of five. Not bad by any means. Initially, I was actually going to go with a three out of five, and I think I was salty over the unveil, like. Really? Because I have a lot of guilt in my life, and I'm still, like, I should be dead. So dead. Dead, dead, dead. I don't know why I'm not dead yet. So, capital dead. Capital, uppercase dead. D-E-D, dead. <laughs> so fucking you should be, dead. You should be died? I should be died. It's so dead, I, I should be died. <laughs> so, um, I'm looking forward to that later. <laughs> to what, dying? No. <laughs> So later, I'm sure Mara is going to pay me a little bit of visit. So that was the thing to me, like to me, that got me was the unveiling that Mara goes after people who feel guilty about something, and it's not necessarily that they did anything bad. Some yes, but others no. It's not like catastrophic bad that they would, you know, feel guilty about, let's say, murdering a hundred people. One was more like I fucked up and I gave my mom away because I thought she was going to be safe. She feels guilty because she thought she was going to help her mom. That can't be on her. The whole guilt part, that really kind of took it down a notch for me. Other than that, movie overall was good. Sound design was good. The effects with the eyes, I thought was awesome. I just don't know how they fucking did it. I would love to know how maybe if the director sees that we reviewed this movie on the podcast, that he'll hit us up and go, hey, this is how we did it. You know, that kind of deal. Because it did happen before with another episode. I'm drawing a blank on which one, but it did happen before. So that's the beauty of Twitter slash X. It'll always be Twitter to me. It was Winnie the Pooh. That's how we started talking to Andrew Scott Bell. That's right. It was Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yep. Because uh, (laughs) you're talking about how much the girl got paid in that scene to pointlessly rip her shirt off. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So yeah, that's the movie. That's the movie. So that one reached out with some uh, context about a scene we had questions on. Then um, we got roasted yesterday by a movie director that we shit on his film. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the director of this movie will see this and uh, tell us how they did the eye thing. Yeah, because I think that'd be cool to know. And then I will feel happy about it. And then we'll post it on social media. Be like, oh, here's why. Now we know. That kind of deal. Yeah. So, yeah, for me it was four out of five. I think. It was just the unveiling where I was like, oh, God, I'm being taught a lesson right now. I'm like, I don't want to learn anything. I just want to watch a ridiculous horror movie. So, well, sorry that you were disappointed with that, Steve. The movie made me feel bad. Okay. I'm, I'm hurt. Startled. Does this movie hurt you? I'm startled. I'm hurt. I'm offended. I'm triggered. So you, you're all of these things because this movie kind of hit close to home to you? Maybe. I think that's why. Probably. Yeah. I think, you know what? I think the movie maybe hit a little close to home for me. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that was like probably why I was like, eh, four to five. But overall, it's a fun movie. It's free. Didn't have to pay for it. No worries there. It was a good time. I don't regret watching it. No regrets. No regrets. I have no guilt over watching it. That's good because Mara will get you. Mara will get me for feeling guilty about watching a movie. So uh, four out of five for me, five out of five for Corey. Not too shabby. It's a pretty good score, I say, at least. So Yeah, they weren't even, but whatever. Sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't. Did you give it a three out of five originally? I did. And after we started talking about it, I'm like, you know, I'm going to adjust the score a little bit because A, I'm like the co-host of this podcast and I can fucking change my mind if I want to. I always change my mind anyways. I can't stick with anything. I'm neurotic. What can I say? Fucking crazy. (laughs) So yeah, I changed my score. Big deal. It's my podcast. It's Corey's podcast. Yeah. You can do whatever you want to do. I can do whatever I like. So four to five, five out of five, um, 4.5 out of five. It was good. We liked it. 
So everyone definitely check it out. It's on Tubi. It's free. Tubi rules. If you don't have it, download it. It's a free app. This ain't a friggin' commercial, nothing like that. I vouch for it. If you want more movies than friggin' Netflix, download Tubi. You have to watch a couple of commercials. So what? All right, everyone, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on all podcast platforms so we can get some more exposure. Of course, tell your friends. Both our intro and outro music are courtesy of Andrew Scott Bell. Be sure to check out Andrew on all major streaming platforms. And if you see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey on vinyl in the wild, be sure to pick it up. We're also part of the Shining Wizards Network. Be sure to visit ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. They're an awesome podcast network ranging from wrestling to heavy metal, horror, all that good stuff. So check that out. Visit 30ScreamsOfLess.com for all previous episodes and transcripts to go with those episodes. Also, check out BeardOctane.com for their whole line of grooming supplies. And be sure to use the code 30Screams10 at checkout for 10% off your order. And if there's anything you want us to review, send an email to 30screamsorless at gmail.com or, or hit us up on social media. Use hashtag 30screamsorless. And also, we have some awesome merch for sale on our website, so definitely check that out. If you go to our website at the very top, there's a shop link. Click that link, and you'll see all sorts of shirts, hats, mugs, things like that. If you buy it, it helps going towards our hosting costs. I'm Steve. I'm Corey. And thanks for listening to 30 Screams or Less. And don't forget to drink your beans. Yeah.